You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman, here to come at you with another episode today. Today, we are talking about a few things that you need to do to write really openable emails. Kind of made up that word as we went along. We all get emails from businesses, and we all, as businesses, probably are trying to write emails that get opened. Or thinking about it in the future. We're going to talk about subject line, open rates. Actually, I don't think we're talking about open rates, but we're talking (laughs) about a lot of things today that are going to be spicy that you want to know um, to open those emails and to get your customers and clients and potential future clients to open those emails. So whether or not you actively have an email list and are wanting to improve your open rates and click-throughs, or you are thinking about having an email list sometime soon and you want it to be good from day one, listen to this episode. It's going to have a lot of good stuff in it. And honestly, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode, even for not email, even just marketing copy in general. Well, because a lot of the strategies that we utilize with email copy can be used in other like podcast titles. Yep. Hooks for your Instagram captions. So just listen. Basically, the bottom line is just listen to this episode. Shut up and listen. Let's go. Ever stop your scroll on Instagram and wonder how the heck photographers snagged those wildly candid moments of their clients? You know, the kind of photographs that make you just sit in awe of how stunning they are and the emotions that you feel from them? We have felt that too. And when we first started out as photographers, our number one goal was to make sure our clients were comfortable and feeling like their true authentic selves. And one of the easiest ways we were able to achieve that was through creative posing prompts. Because here's the truth. If you want to achieve those effortlessly candid, playful, and intimate photos, you have to create an environment that allows your couples to feel comfortable to do so. And we're spilling all the tea with some of our favorite directions and prompts in our free photography posing guide. Visit theheartuniversity.com forward slash candid to get your hands on this incredible freebie. Prepare to have your clients rave about how much fun they had with you on their session. Hey, hey, I'm Lindsay Roman. And I'm Evie McLeod. And we are family and legacy-focused serial entrepreneurs and the founders of The Heart University, a business education company with a mission to help you thrive in your business and life. Welcome to our Entrepreneur Cocktail Hour, where business and marketing strategies meet faith, real talk, and raw and life-changing conversations. At the end of the day, we are all in this together, figuring out how to navigate the ups and downs, the messy and the beautiful, and everything in between. This is a community where you can come as you are, get inspired, and walk away equipped to build a legacy-filled life. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle Podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to your office. (laughs) My office. Um, We're... I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Today is going to be a really fun conversation. We're talking all about writing good emails that people actually want to open and consistently mm-hmm. open. So let's dive straight on in. I think we have seven points today. Yeah. We have seven points for you. So buckle up. Let's Grab do it. your chai or your coffee or your wine, whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> and let's go. Let's all right? do it. All right. So number one, the first thing uh, when you're thinking about writing an email for y- your email list... That or, people actually open. Yeah, that people actually open is to avoid spam triggers. Um, and you might be like, oh, that's great. I would love for my email to not go into spam, but how do I do that? Right. And and yeah, Evie kind of clarified that, but like, 
ideally, when we're writing emails to our list, we don't want them to go into junk. <laughs> ideally, spam that is promotion. <laughs> yeah, we just don't want that to happen. No, we're not <laughs> not in an ideal world. You just don't want that to happen. You want your emails to go into like the main inbox for yes. a subscriber, right? Yes. So here are a couple ways to avoid doing that. Um, avoid all caps, yeah, especially in the subject line mm-hmm. and at the beginning of an email. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to be a little tricky and it might, might go against a couple of points that we might might make in a little bit. But especially if you're like a very energetic, bombastic personality like us. Hand-raised. Yeah, like <laughs> us. Um, like, especially for Instagram captions, like I love a good use of all caps. Yeah. But strategically, when you're writing emails, try to, especially when you're trying to evoke emotion and you're trying to evoke excitement yeah. in a subject line, you want to like almost put all caps, but that triggers like, because, you know, think of like a spammer or mm-hmm. like a scammy person that's like trying to get you mm-hmm. to do something that, like I don't know. Phishing. Yeah, like a phishing email. They're, they're going to write all caps in the subject line. So don't do that. And they yeah. don't write them in like the, just like the intro of the, of the email. Yeah. And, and try to avoid, like, it's not like you can't ever use all caps, but just in general. Be very selective and yeah. very minimal with it. Mm-hmm. The next thing is going to be don't use excessive punctuation specifically like a ton of exclamation marks. Which also goes along with all caps. <laughs> Which also is very difficult for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's another trigger that can tell your email system that it could be spam and send it to your spam inbox. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're not like doing a subject line. Um, In all caps with all exclamation points? Like 10 exclamation points. I would say even like five. Yeah. I, I don't was actually being, know the I was science exaggerating. of that. If like, oh, if I use five, it, it won't go. Or if I use 10, it will go. But like, yeah. just like... Just again, be conservative. Does that mean that. that you can use one exclamation point? I've used at least like two or three on our subject lines. And it's been fine. Yeah. Well, actually, you tell us, listener, if you're... Have you gotten our emails? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the next one is to avoid spam words like free, bonus, guarantee, discount, sale. So like things that, mm-hmm. ironically, again, you if you're trying to sell something, you might want to be using. Yeah. But in when it comes to subject lines and especially the intro of your email, you want to try to avoid that because again, it just triggers to go to spam, yeah. um, which we'll get into this in a little bit. But try not to make every single email that you send your list a sales email. Yeah. Which oh, we, have past, cool. we have past email episodes yeah. or episodes on our podcast ch- chatting about like email list mm-hmm. um, strategies and techniques, but you always want to nurture before you sell. Yeah. And so just that's a, that's not general this rule, point, but it's around it. Um, the next one is adding like too many symbols or emojis or links that can also trigger your email system to think that it's spam. Um, so for example, a ton of dollar signs, uh, a bunch of like percentage signs or like tons of emojis, especially I feel like the email like systems usually read subject lines, especially as like a big part of like, is this spam or not? So not having like a ton of emojis and a ton of dollar signs and whatnot in your subject line will really help keep it out of spam so people can actually read it and open it. Yeah. And then the last tip with avoiding spam triggers is use your own domain. Mm -hmm. So for me, like my email is lindsay at lindsayroman.com versus my old email was mrslindsayroman at gmail.com. Yeah. The the reason for that is if you have a Gmail account or or even like Hotmail or or whatever else it is, those are free. 
Mm-hmm. And so spammers can more likely, you know, yep. send out emails from things like that. Whereas if you have an email from your own domain, mm-hmm. like Lindsay at lindsayroman.com, I have to pay for that. Yeah. Therefore, it's just like a step above that kind of solidifies and tells Google, oh, this is probably a more legit email because it's coming from like an actual domain versus yep. just a, something that anybody could get for free. Yep. I love it. Okay, so that was number one, avoiding the spam triggers. Number two is going to be utilize hooks in your subject Mm. lines. So we're going to kind of touch on this a little bit, but the first like five words, like think through if you're sitting there holding your phone, you're glancing at your emails on your phone, usually you're only really seeing like five-ish words of an email subject line. That's the only preview that you get. So those first five words have to be like catchy and really intriguing and capture your attention and make you want to open the rest of the email. Um, If they're not, if it's something like, once upon a time in a world not you're, you're like I, I uh, I'm sorry who's gonna put once upon a time in I don't their know I'm just I'm just line. thinking like something that holds absolutely no information mm-hmm. absolutely no clarification of what is included or what's being discussed or what like you're just immediately gonna be like oh, okay right <laughs> not a clue I'm passing and like move it to trash yeah um. So those first five words need to be catchy, need to be intriguing, something that they can see and immediately be like, I know what's included or I'm intrigued to figure out what is included. Well, and this is the tip that I would also say applies to more than just email subject lines. This could be blog posts, podcast titles. Mm -hmm. Um, We try to utilize this a lot uh, in... If you, if you just scroll through our podcast titles, mm-hmm. it's you don't want to completely like bait and hook somebody of like, oh, we're going to do this thing that's going to get them to click on the episode. Yeah. And then it's about something completely different. Obviously, you don't want to like, do that. We try to avoid, especially I feel like on the podcast, we really try to avoid coming anywhere near clickbait. But. The, the, <laughs> but. But. Um, I don't know. The, I feel like the, we, it's such a rare exception and it's something like the episode where we talked about the downshift of the heart. We titled it like the, the end, end of, of an era. And then it said the heart university is changing. changing. We could have said ending. But it was not that ending. Was, that's, that's, a, that's clickbait. A lie. That's a lie. That's absolute clickbait. But the end but of an said, era is like But it was tea. the end of an era. It, exactly. See, but it was honest clickbait. Yeah. And, and I feel like most of the time we do something like clickbait. three tips to 10x your revenue or something. And it's the info inside is actually related to that, but mm-hmm. we st- strategically chose something that was very searchable and that we're getting off topic. The point is... Well, we're <laughs> arguably still technically on topic because it, the point being is your subject line is a hook. Yes. And so you utilize all the same strategies that you would use for a hook on an Anywhere Instagram else. caption, the first line of an Instagram yep. caption, on a blog post, on like a Pinterest mm-hmm. subject. That's not called subject, but I can't remember. Title. On, title, a Pinterest title, or like a podcast title, like you're utilizing, or even a YouTube video title, you're utilizing wording and phrasing that gets people's attention and either like is a dramatic statement. Yeah. Like an example could be goodbye forever. Yeah. Like that you could have a subject line to your subscribers that's like goodbye forever. They're gonna be like, wait, what? And And then inside it's like, it's time to say goodbye forever to burnout. And it's like a freebie that they download to figure out burnout. But like that, that was hooky. That gets them clicked. Yeah. That didn't make sense. But, but we knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, another example could be we almost pooped our pants. We almost pooped our pants and you might too. That's actually one we used in the last couple months. That's a legitimate email. That's one of our subject lines on one of our workshop sales emails. Which again, I would be like, oh whoa, that I'm mm-hmm. I'm clicking on that. I'm Something- like yeah, yeah, it, it captures people's attention. Um we almost pooped our pants and like goodbye forever. Those I feel like are some really good examples of really kind of like like wait, what? Like 
it creates this desire to figure out what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. But there can be some that are so catchy and and intriguing because you want the answer of what's inside. Something like, um, do you want to 10X your bookings open now? Yeah. And that's that's not necessarily like intriguing or clickbaity in the sense of like shocking. Like like shock and awe, like what right. is going on. But it's, it's something it's that factual. I want to know. Yes. And it's it's intentionally, strategically like positioned to speak to a frustration, a pain, a pain point, an excitement, a desire of your ideal audience that makes them want to open it. Which we have a bajillion episodes on why you yes. need to identify your ideal client. And this is obviously one reason because you're crafting copy that mm-hmm. hits on their pain points specifically. Yep. Um, I, that's actually a good podcast episode. Want to 10X your bookings? Listen now. Who? <laughs> I okay. feel like we've had like a title similar. I know. I'm just having a moment with that. Okay. Uh, another one that our good friend Jai, we keep bringing him up on the show, but we love him and he spoke <laughs> at our last conference. Uh, I Ironically, I don't think I'm on his email list, but our, our social media gal, Val is, and she said he sent an email one time that said he put... So in emails, you can obviously put your subscribers' first names mm-hmm. and there's like a code to do it, but you can also put them in the subject line. Yeah. And so... She got an email from him one time. I I believe that the subject line said, Val, stop effing around. And he said the actual word. And if you got an email that said that... <laughs> and that's very oh, Jai, if you know Jai and like... I would open so freaking fast. <laughs> and again, that's if you want to curse in your own brand, that's that's a you issue or like that's a you decision. You issue. <laughs> but but um, the point being is it got her attention. It immediately made her open. And I feel like most of us would get an email like that and be like, wait, what? I, what? And you could still use that principle without cursing. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. You could, you could say effing or you could just say... You could not even cuss, which <laughs> well, would be my to, preference. I was, I was trying to think of a of a, if I were using that exact line, what would I replace effing with? Like messing. Quit, quit. Lindsay, stop messing around. I don't know if I would open that. What if? What if? Well, I don't know. Well, that's not idea. You get the idea. You get the idea. You get the idea. <laughs> um, the point is to your your subject line. In my opinion, is probably the biggest part of getting people to actually open your emails yep. and then what's inside needs to kind of reinstate that which we'll we'll go through some different things but just know that your subject line is actually so important in your emails and do not slack on that do not get lazy with that that is what is going to consistently boost your click rates in for new subscribers because your value in your emails could be awesome. Mm-hmm. But, but if, if no one's opening them. if Yeah, if your subject line is just like consistently dead and nobody wants to open your emails, then your value inside is going to waste. So yeah. just keep which that in mind. leads into the next, uh, the next point, I guess, which is to utilize preview text. So again, we haven't even opened the email yet. The preview text, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, open your inbox right now. Mm-hmm. Don't do this if you're driving, but whether you're on your phone or your computer, open your inbox. Mm -hmm. The subject line is like the bolded subject. Mm -hmm. And then the preview text is like, before you open the email, it's still on the, on like the, the column of the email, but it's just like in normal text that it almost looks like what is written in the actual email. Which sometimes it is. Well, if you don't, if you don't put preview text, usually it gives you the first couple of sentences of the, inside of the email. And I think that's a setting too. I feel too. like it's not even the first, se- it's like the first like 10 words. It's not that much. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's a setting that you can put on like your Gmail or your iPhone like mail app or whatever of whether or not you want to see preview text from inside the email. Um, mm-hmm. But utilizing the preview text. As someone who's sending the email, mm-hmm. like from your email service provider. Yeah, so it's like, it's basically choosing strategically that you're, it's not going to be like this really catchy subject line of like, 
you know, we almost pooped our pants and you might too. And then your, your preview is like, Hey, so, Hey, insert name. Hey, Barbara, we hope you're having a wonderful Monday. And that does not catch their attention when they're glancing at it without opening the subject line might, but the subject line might, but the, the preview text of just like, Hey, Barbara, how's your Monday going? is kind of like, okay, that doesn't hold my attention. Whereas I think the actual, the preview that we did was for that one, the exact one was we almost pooped pooped our pants and you might too, dot, dot, dot. And then the preview text was the heart workshop is coming too dot, 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 dot. And that was like immediately the two of those combined were like a power couple that Mm -hmm. was just like, I have to figure out what. Well, because it also, that preview text gave, because for that one, that subject line is shocking and it, but it doesn't actually. no like. Context. No context. For what actually is in the episode, but then the preview text did. Yeah. Because then it's like, wait, what? It's about the heart part. Wait, 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 I want to go. And it's like, it's like, you pooped your pants because, and I might, and it's going to, where? Like, where, where, where? That creates that, like, I have to open this and I want to see what's inside. Mm -hmm. So the preview text can be so good paired with the subject lines. Well, and something else that you can do is almost create your subject line and preview text in tandem Mm -hmm. with each other to almost like be a question answer or even just like a two part, a two parter so that it almost is meant to be read together. And Mm -hmm. obviously your subject line should stand alone even if they don't read the preview text with it. But um, an example of that could be... This was also from our workshop sales emails. There's exact Can you tell that we're fresh off of this? And so that (laughs) we've recently wrote these, but from 3K to 18K months, learn how Danielle transferred her business with the heart workshop. Transformed. But yes. What did I say? Transferred. Transformed is what I definitely (laughs) meant to say. Um, And then the preview text said, and this could literally be you. Yeah. So it's, again, it's... It's like that goes with the subject line of like, wait, what? She did what? And we also intentionally knew that that subject line was longer. And so most likely somebody reading, especially from their phone, was not going to be seeing that entire subject line. So they would most likely see something like from 3K to 18K months, learn how. And then the preview would be like, and this could literally be you, which was enough combination that even though it was a longer subject line, we knew that the the first five to seven words and the preview text were like a power punch that we're going to get people to open that that email. Which when you're thinking about subject, we're talking about preview text, obviously, but like, I I think you said it earlier, just I just want to hit home this point. When you're writing your subject lines, make sure like those first, like you said, five to 10, Mm -hmm. not even 10, five sentences or five words in Mm -hmm. that phrase is the most important part. Yeah. I mean, we do that with podcast episodes too, but. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So preview text, utilize it, Mm -hmm. utilize the heck out of it, pair it with your dang good subject lines. And then the next thing is going to be make it short and to the point. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see in general with marketing copy in general, but especially with email marketing is people utilize it almost like it's another blog post, Mm -hmm. especially if it's like something that's more... Uh, storytelling based or... Yeah, storytelling based or I was even going to say like a newsletter where you like, you're not necessarily... It's not like a sales email. So you're kind of, you know, going around this like it's it's value filled. Yeah. And so therefore you feel like it should be like this long block of text and you kind of like do this whole story and it's like this long thing. People are not going to read that. We no. have way too much being thrown at us in today's culture. Way too many emails in our inbox. We're overstimulated. We have, we have way too many, like, if if you're sitting in line waiting to grab your Starbucks or you're at a doctor's office or something, you have so many pulls on your attention that it's like, should I go check my social media? Should I respond to this email? Should I, you know, whatever. People are not going to sit there and read a blog post via email form in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to read big blocks of text and like roundabout answers and even information. Even if I'm home, even if I have time, I think our brains yeah. in American culture, not even America, like any, our, our brains naturally 
are going to look at something, even if I have all the time in the world, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't intrigue me, so if you've already not done a good job on the subject line or preview text (laughs) and I've somehow opened it, if I see a big block of text, we'll get to that in a second. But like when I see just like a long email, yeah, like and, multiple and the scrolls. first sentence doesn't immediately pull me in, I'm out. Even if I had um, all the time in the world, I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time. Which is why it's important to get to the point, to be short and concise. And we'll get to this in a second, but you can be short and concise while also being extremely engaging, utilizing storytelling, utilizing emotion. Um, but just keep in mind, like I, I know sometimes when I write emails, I will go through and I'll write a first draft and then I'll go back through and I'll start aggressively cutting yeah. stuff that's just realistically fluff that does not add to the storyline. I'll shorten a sentence down. It's like, how can you say something in the most compelling way in the shortest way possible? Yeah. And Get I think, to the point faster. I think a really good rule of thumb is think to yourself, if my ideal customer or audience member or whoever is sitting in line, standing in line at Starbucks or going through the drive-thru and they pull out their phone really quick and this email just popped mm-hmm. in, are they going to be able to read this email in the time it takes them to get their coffee and then head on the road? Because if somebody starts reading an email while they're waiting for something like a Starbucks coffee or whatever, and they're like halfway through and then they have to go and they didn't finish it, they're not coming back to that email. Yeah. They are not coming back. Um, and also, Unless like you you're said- like Taylor Swift. And, well, and also, like you said, if it's like a massively long email mm-hmm. in general, they might not even start reading it because they're like, I know I'm not going to finish this. This is way too much time. This is way too much for me. I'm out. Yeah. Um, so keep it really short and size to the point. Um, go back through with a like a butcher knife and, and chop away at your baby after your first draft and be like, this this got to go. Yeah. Um, Really look at it through the eyes of, can somebody read through this in line at Starbucks? Does it get to the point? And then also have like storytelling and and stuff involved, which we'll get to. Yeah. Hey, Heart Fam. Interrupting today's episode to share with you a powerful tool to monetize your content in your business. Memberful. Now, this amazing platform allows you to create a new source of income by turning your content into a membership business. Forget about chasing the hottest keywords and trends to capture SEO rankings or pleasing the social media algorithm. Focus instead on creating content that you are passionate about and that your audience wants to see. Memberful has everything you need to get your membership program up and running quickly with content gating, in-house newsletters, private podcasts, and so much more. They have so many incredible tools and resources and implementations to your workflow. It's amazing. You will have full control and ownership of your audience, your brand, your membership, and you will have access to a world-class support team who are ready to help you simplify your memberships and grow your revenue. One of the things we love about this brand is that they are passionate about your success and you'll always have access to a real human. Get started for free at memberful.com forward slash heart. That's memberful.com forward slash H-E-A-R-T. All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best. And you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? <laughs> okay. And your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking. And you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry, that's where we come in. 
Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now, we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt, even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before. And you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. All right, the next uh, point goes along with keeping it short and concise. Break up blocks of text. So again, this is a principle that you could use not even in emails, like uses anywhere, blog posts, Instagram captions, social Mm -hmm. media captions. We do not, when we see a website even, like Mm -hmm. anywhere that we see a huge block of text, we get overwhelmed. Um, No. Immediately we get overwhelmed. Like you could be the president and I won't even, actually, I don't care about them. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I I don't care who you are. If I'm intrigued by you and you have a big block of text, I'm probably not going to read it. Yeah. No, I might do that for Taylor I was, Swift. I was, I was kind of smirking. Because her album, her like, album yeah. actually, her album like prologues that have like, okay, but you're not Taylor Swift. So it might be you're the not, only person that Taylor you would Swift do that for. Taylor Swift is not listening to this podcast. So you listener, I'm, well, I'm not going to do that for you. I'm sorry. So break <laughs> up your blocks of text. Um, so when you're writing, especially for email, I would say even more for email than almost any other thing. Yeah. Like, because on your website, I think you could still handle like a, two to three sentences in a paragraph mm-hmm. and then breaking it in an email, I would almost argue every sentence or two. Well, eh, it depends. It depends. It depends it's, on it's the more length. about what it visually looks like. Yeah. Because I also know... I would say like no more than like three lines. Yes. That's a better way to phrase it. Well, because also... Cause sentence length can so here's dramatically tea. vary. Here's T. Yes. If you're just writing your email copy on like a Google Doc and then you're copying it over, mm-hmm. what's the length? So what I mean by that is like, say your sentence is so long that if you just wrote it out, I'm just like writing it out, pretending I'm writing it. (laughs) If you just wrote it out on Google, if you just wrote it out on Google, that it would go all the way to like the whole page and then, and then naturally go to the Mm -hmm. next line. And then say you did that for two sentences and it naturally filled three lines. Yeah. But on on an email. What? On an iPhone. Well, on an email, what I'm saying is when you copy that over to your email service provider, do you... I mean, I know the answer, but do you <laughs> like break it? So what I mean yeah. by that is you're, you're typing a sentence and then you hit enter before it actually would go all the way so that it's not, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying no. tracking? No, not at all. With people? No. But you understand. I understand what you're then saying, but explain it, it to people so that they understand because you, you understand what I'm saying. You're saying to make sure that as you format it, that you're actually formatting it for the way that it's going to show up on the email, not yes. necessarily for the Google doc. Yes. Yes. Because you could write it out and if you don't format it, 
not like intentionally on a Google Doc, it'll just it'll go all the way to the like the however many inches mm-hmm. that that a page like basically a, intentionally do your own line breaks to make sure that it's divided. Yes. Okay. Because Again, I think that goes with like when our eye naturally scans words on a on a screen. Mm-hmm. If it's long, mm-hmm. that's not quick for me to like scan quickly. Yeah. But if it's like a short sentence, even if the sentence keeps going, I will I'll make it like five words and then I'll pair or I'll like I'll line break mm-hmm. and finish the sentence so that it's like shorter and stumpier. Does that make sense? Versus like long and skinny. Yes. Yeah. You're that looking was, at me that like, was so technical. No, but it's important because people don't read like long, skinny. Yeah, but most people, I think like 80% of people read their emails on their phone. Yeah. So it naturally is much, much narrower to begin with. Y- yeah. So but- you're saying if a sentence is not even complete when you're writing it, halfway through a sentence, you will intentionally click return? Sometimes, depends. See, I would say don't do that. Why would you not do that then? Because it, the formatting depends so much on the screen that people are viewing it from. So somebody could be viewing it from like a full desktop or an iPhone. Well, here's a way to do it. And if, you put, it could, if, you, if you copy that into your your email service provider, send a test email. Yeah, but still you're seeing it from your size screen. So you could be sending something and it could have like one word and then have a line break. Because it, I don't think it would have one word if you if you... Mm-hmm. Why would it have one word? Your, because your text would it, have to be so big. Let's say that it was you you formatted it from like a, a, a MacBook Pro. And the way that you formatted on your MacBook Pro, it ended on like one clean line halfway through a sentence. And then you started a new line for mm-hmm. the other half of the sentence. But on an iPhone, it's much narrower. So that one line on your desktop, on your laptop, mm-hmm. is technically two lines. And it started to go into a third. It was like, and... And then you manually had clicked return when you formatted it. So then it looks wonky. I would not do that. Okay, then how do we... I've seen you do this and copywriters like on our team do this where it's intentionally shorter. You just 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 do line breaks that are shorter at the end of a sentence. At the end of a sentence. You never do a line break in the middle of a sentence. That's probably what I mean. Okay, that's what I would do. That's why I was giving you a bit of a look as I was like, in the middle of a sentence, you're going to line break to I don't manually know. format it? No, you, because then no matter as if long it's, as if it's you line break end after a, its sentence. The end of a sentence. This is so technical. <laughs> the end of a sentence is when you should line break because that way, no matter what screen you're looking at it on, it will be a, like it, it, it would, it yeah. will make sense to have a manual line, like a, a line break because everything will line okay, up. Okay, the point being, The point was do a lot of line breaks. Well, the point is <laughs> text together doesn't read well. People right. will skim it. Right. Basically, you want to format your emails in a way that you can skim very quickly yeah. or your, your audience member can skim very quickly because, again, so thick paragraphs or just like thick, long, big chunks of text are yeah. not going to be read. So whether it's a sentence or two sentences, I, I like where you said lines because that's a little bit more visually like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. if it's, well, then that matters on different, like... Well, that's why I would send a test and view it on both your desktop and your phone to get an idea. Yeah, but you just said that it matter. It That's not going to be widespread to everyone. As long as you're looking at it from a desktop and a mobile, it'll give you a rough idea of, like, how it would general be General division. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. So that way you can see the line breaks and you can see, is it is it readable? Is it easy to digest? Another thing that you could do with this is like the point in your pair or in your email, maybe mm-hmm. bold it or italicize it, make it like again. the main point, the thing that you really want people to see. 
or like like make it, its it with line. emojis. Where again, like we said, don't spam trigger like with a ton of emojis. Mm-hmm. But we've done it where we have an emoji for like different points, or if it's a sales email that we're mm-hmm. showing a product or something that we're selling, mm-hmm. and we want to showcase the inclusives, we'll have like an arrow. Yeah, or, or like, like a finger. The, the red siren emoji or something like between like this is the last time to get fifty percent off. Or you then know, it's, whatever. again, it's visually breaking it up with yep. like emojis or just bold. Yeah, phrases to like. It's break drawing it up. people's attention to your main points. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, break up your text, make it something that is really easy to digest. Think through your user behavior as a consumer of emails, of you know captions, of whatever, yeah. and think through what feels easy to digest and something that I actually stick around to read versus what have I seen or gotten that just feels confusing and I can't find where the link is. I don't understand. It's just a big wall of text. I don't want to read it. I walk away. Um, Just keep that in mind. Okay, the next point is to utilize storytelling and emotion. And I think this is probably one of the biggest and best things you can do in your emails and in your marketing copy in general. Um, People just, we love stories. We love stories. We love emotions. That's what is our like bread and butter and our fuels. Um, Facts tell, I heard a friend say this yesterday, facts tell, stories sell. So and it's good. like it's like so facts good. are so good. Have facts included, especially in your marketing copy, because we make as as humans, we purchase things, we make decisions based on emotions, and we back up those decisions mm-hmm. by facts. Yeah, that's the psychological like bottom line of human buyer behavior is that we make our decisions based on our emotions, and then we back up those emotions with facts. And if there aren't facts to back them up, then we might choose to back away from that decision. But it's always emotional. Even yeah. the people who are emotions lead first. Yeah, even the people who are not the like because there's two categories of like really emotional and really factual buyers absolutely um we we lean a little bit harder in different things even the factual buyers the people who are looking for the statistics the logic you know the facts are still making emotional decisions um because we're humans and we make things based on emotion so keep in mind in your email don't have just straight facts that are just like did you know that 70 percent of blank it's like you want to lead people with a story yeah. and capture their emotion. So whether that is like a like a hook of that that is emotional pulling mm-hmm. in and then you share a story where then you present facts with it. Yeah. It's like you want to draw people in and and basically tell a story. But I will say, as I was like, did you know that 70% of you know whatever? I'm actually, as I'm saying that, I'm like, that could be a really emotional if it was a statistic that was emotional. Like, did you yeah. know, did you know that I forget, oh my gosh, I should know this off the top of my head for my swimsuit company, Evie Swim. I think it's like 90% of adults spend like 90% of their lives indoors or something like that. It's like staggering statistic. Mm-hmm. And I go on a lot of my marketing copy is based around like, let's change that. Mm-hmm. We, I want people like, we need to spend more time outdoors. And it's like, how sad is it that we have this great wide world in front of us, but we like sit inside our air conditioned, like stuffy manufactured air houses, 90% of our lives. Yeah. Um. So it's like, you can use statistics to create an emotional story of like, I, this is how this impacted me. This is how, you know, here's a story from my life. Um, Here's something like, you know, maybe an email you start with, like, can I tell you something really embarrassing? One time I did this and this and this, and I almost completely ruined my business because of it. And that immediately, like, let me help, let in. me help you avoid that mistake. Immediately, I want to read the rest of that email. Yeah, It's like, they're started with a story. Because well, it's 
it's pulling on emotion, but it's also relatable. Yep. And, and it's, it's, it's a story. It's story. Because I feel like that's, people love that. Like starting an email and it's saying something like, I'm currently writing this from, you know, wherever I am. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to like remind you, you know, whatever. I don't, it's like the storytelling aspect. It's not like jumping straight in and be like, once in a lifetime sale this weekend. Like we're like, okay, I'm out. Like there's, there's no pull. There's mm-hmm. no intrigue. There's no... I don't know, excitement. So I feel like that's one of the biggest things when it comes to emails, even the sales emails, but especially like newsletters or value-filled emails, make sure that there's that human, relatable connection, storytelling, and emotion factor. That was a lot of adjectives. Um, Make sure those are all in there within your emails because those are really going to get your emails as something that people want to consistently read. Mm -hmm. I think along with that, something, especially if you are a personal brand, but I would argue even if you're not a personal brand, try to humanize your copy as much as possible. Yes. Um, like even if I were like had an email from like Kohl's, I would still want them to utilize this. So mm-hmm. I'm still gonna, even if you're a personal brand or not, I would I still have, say this. If anyone is on like TikTok, mm-hmm. do you know the 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 brands like what is it? Is it Ryanair that has like a hilarious marketing team that Wendy's like, is like hysterical. There, there are yes. there are like yes. corporate, corporate yes. generic brands that are slaying their social media marketing game right now by being a human relatable I'm hilarious. If they do that on email list too, I mean I'm not on Wendy's email list, but they. I'm just Maybe. saying if they utilize the same principles in my mind, I would like you're saying I would be more willing to open. Because yeah, so point being, utilize slang or mm-hmm. or casual phrase. Like don't just because you are a business doesn't mean that you have to be this professional robot. Especially where if you're you like writing like sincerely. Well, I feel like email, especially because it it it's always kind of been a, a more corporate, corporate feeling. Yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, we naturally assign like a corporate lingo to it Mm -hmm. even more than even other areas of our business where we feel like we have to be this really professional, really straight-laced person in our marketing and in our email marketing specifically. I feel like I just today, like absolutely not. I I feel like me and Evie have built our brand on this principle and this principle alone. Just kidding. We've done other things, but (laughs) like... Using There's a slang lot of power that we have genuinely said in person. Mm-hmm. So like dang or stoked. I don't know. Like things like I'm thinking of words or that like, I actually pants. say. Yeah, poop your pants. Like things that I would naturally say in life. And so something that you can do. And again, this principle applies, yes, to emails, but literally to any copy that you yeah. ever say ever. Whether it's an Instagram caption, a blog post, yep. a website, paragraph, I don't care what it is. Type how you speak in real life. Yes. And then once you've typed it, and you think you're done, say it out loud. Yep. To yourself, to a friend, to your mom, I don't care who. Yep. But if it doesn't sound authentic coming out of your mouth, then you need to change it. Whatever naturally, because we'll replace words when we like speak it out loud. If we like wrote something and then we end up replacing it, if it would be like sincerely and we're like, thanks so much, you know, like at, at the end we verbalize and we like replace it with thanks so much, change it. Make it sound like how you would say something when you're talking to a friend. Yep. In life. Yep. 100%. Out loud. Verbally. Okay. <laughs> The last point on writing emails that people actually open and actually read is to keep it simple. Um, In other words, utilizing like plain text. I think that's a really big one with email marketing. It can be so easy to feel like we need to like fancy it up and make it look a certain way and has to have all this graphics and colors and design but think about the emails that you get from like your mom or your best friend. Like if you if you sent a friend right now an email or they sent one to you, what does it look like? I want you to literally close your eyes right now, not if you're driving, but visualize <laughs> visualize what an email looks like coming from your mom. Yeah. It's 
There's, plain text. There's not a fancy font and header and flashing photo that says sale now. No, it's plain text. But then I want you to picture an email from JCPenney or Kohl's or what else? Like something that, it's, like a like a corporate like shop that you are signed up for their email list. It's like a it's it's really graphically designed. It's like because it, I think it feels it like a magazine catalog to, because that used to work. Yeah, and then all the businesses started doing that, and now all of us are so conditioned to we open that and we're kind of like, oh my gosh, overstimulated. It's too much. Every single sales email, marketing email, always has this, and we're drawn back to we want that like that one-on-one, that that down-to-earth friend-like feeling connection. Mm-hmm. And so we really recommend utilizing just simple text on a screen. Mm-hmm. Do not have it formatted as if it is like a really fancy design email. Um, I feel like there are some slight exceptions to this that we kind of touch on. Mm-hmm. One of them being if you are in a very like visually heavy field, for example, you are a graphic designer. Or web designer. Or web designer or something. I think there is a way that you can incorporate a bit of design around it mm-hmm. without it feeling like don't go so heavy that it becomes to feel like a corporate email yeah. that's like everyone's getting. Or if it's like your monthly newsletter. Yeah. So so less of like a, a sales email or even like a weekly nurturing email. Say you send an email to your list once a week mm-hmm. um, and it's just like nurturing them. Yeah. I, I would even say that still should be plain text. I think this is more of like, if you send an email to your list once a month and it's almost like a life business wrap up, mm-hmm. like a newsletter would be, I think that could afford you a little bit more space to like have a little bit more design elements. Yeah. Um, that that could you know link some photos. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a quote, like literally like a newsletter. If, yeah. if you think of what that would, whether it's in person or, or on an email, um, it allows a little bit more flexibility because people understand. Hey, I'm not getting sold. I'm, there's not yeah. like gimmicky. It's not, like it's not a sales email, right? So they're like, oh, I'm here. I get to you know, especially if you're in a, a visually heavy like field, mm-hmm. I'm going to be much more willing. Like they're, you know, one of my good friends, uh, Brie from Brighton Made is a graphic designer and on, I'm on her email list and she sends out little like newsletters and updates and she's a graphic designer and a dang good one. And so it's beautiful. And so it's really beautiful. And I love it because it's, it's just, it's a newsletter and I get to open it and I see it. And if it's designed in a way, if it's a newsletter where there's multiple topics being talked about mm-hmm. and it's not just like a story or a nurture email about one topic mm-hmm. that links to something, it's like, oh, here's this, where what we did this month and mm-hmm. here's my new baby and here's mm-hmm. like a freebie that I have that you can get. It's like, it's multiple topics. So that makes more sense for it to be designed with like, you know, blocks or like different things mm-hmm. where you can visually see the difference Consume. of the topics that you're talking about. Yeah. I think the one other exception that I would say, which is what we do in our emails, because we do plain text emails pretty much across the board mm-hmm. with the heart, um, is that we incorporate like GIFs and... But I feel like that goes back to the professionalism thing. Yes. It's like making it more casual and more yes. like a friend would text you a gift. Yeah. Or like we'll send out I a, said a an gift. email. <laughs> a GIF. <laughs> a GIF, I think, is technically the pronunciation. I don't but care. I've been told, I will know. I've been told so many different things in my life that I'm just sticking sorry, with what I've... I'm sorry, it's a GIF. <laughs> sticking with what I've been stuck with for a while. Um... Yeah, we'll even sometimes include like a photo of us like with our husbands or our, our families or something for like yeah. Thanksgiving and be like, happy Thanksgiving. We love you so much. Like, especially as we're leading into like Black Friday and we're like, we want to nurture, we want to create that like human connection before we're about to send you a bunch of sales emails. So sorry. Um, so there's there's definitely exceptions to it, but I think overall not making it look like it's a a 
like a JCPenney Kohl's sales email yeah. that every single email is just like flashing lights and 70% off. And it's just like, oh my gosh, there's so much going at me. Um, and instead keeping that like down to earth human as if the email came from a friend factor can be really cool. Um, and if you're on people's email lists, like start looking at their emails and you'll notice that like attention to- the top email marketers yeah. do plain text. Like they don't make it yeah. like a gimmicky ad. Yep. Pay attention to what emails you open. And I think that's the final thing that I would say with this whole conversation is pay attention to what emails you open, what you read, what do the subject line, especially if you're in the season of like trying to increase your email list open rates, or um, you're thinking about starting an email list, start taking notes of like what subject lines catch your attention. Um, what did the preview text say? What do What's included in the actual email? Um, is it plain text? Is it really heavily designed? Like just start taking notes of these things. I promise like once you start seeing these kind of principles implemented, you'll start seeing them everywhere and start realizing like, oh wait, I actually do like storytelling, down to earth, broken up text, plain text format, really catchy like subject lines and really straight to the point that I can read in a, like a short bit. I promise you, you're going to start seeing this all come to life. Well, we hope that that was helpful and that that gave you a lot of tools, even if you don't have an email list, which you should, but you know, <laughs> Grace, but also you should. Um, I hope that that gave you a lot of just like ideas for kind of like psychology of what we as human beings open, what attracts our attention, what makes us read something. Because yep. that's really at the end of the day what this is about. It's like, what can we do yep. as business owners to get people to pay attention to our emails? Yep. Um, so hopefully that was good. And if you liked it, please share online and tag us in stories if you love this episode. Come on and join our Heart and Hustle Facebook group community. The mm-hmm. link will be in the show notes and we will see you on the next episode. And we're so excited to see you on the next episode. <laughs> The easiest, smoothest outro ever. All right, we love you, friends. We will see you next week.